What's up, everybody? It's Martin, as you know, your faithful host for Soul Focus Radio Podcast. And I am talking to you for just a minute before we jump into part three of my conversation with Stephanie. I've been loving these conversations. I hope you have too. It is such an important conversation, in my opinion, to get out. And the fact that you know Stephanie and I are able to have this conversation with transparency and vulnerability with each other and openness and really doing our best to come from a place of soul and out of ego just as much as we possibly can. As you know, we've had massive technical issues. This is not in sequential order, as we said last time, which actually is awesome because both Stephanie and I are working to be outside of what we call white culture or linear thought. And this is not the order it was recorded in. And both of us agree that the progression is is, is really great and just exactly what we want to say and how we want to say it. In terms of the technical issues, we had a a lot of problems with this particular recording. It sounds like we're talking over each other. We're actually not. It's just the way the mix came out. It was originally recorded as an introduction and it's not the introduction anymore. Now it's the part three. So certain things were edited out just to make sense and not be repetitive. So it might sound a little off to you. I want to give a huge shout out to uh, Brittany Davis, who is our editor, um, who gets these podcasts to you every week. She did such an amazing job to get this version out in the way that it is. And, you know, for us, it's exactly what it needs to be. Stick through the first few minutes when it it feels a little awkward, but just really stick through it. Uh, We get some extremely powerful and vulnerable conversations, both of us. One of the the main themes in this is the healing that that Stephanie has had to do and the the healing that I've had to do as well. Listening back to it, I want to just say something on a personal note. And on that personal note, I want to say that it sounds like I'm saying I've healed from the things that I discuss on this episode. And healing, as I'm learning, is not like a final destination of heal. I'm continuing to heal. And the things that I mentioned that I struggle with still are struggles for me. It's addiction. And I'm working really hard to recover, not just from the addictions that I have, but from the root causes. And as I mentioned in this podcast, that that comes from childhood trauma for me that I am currently working through um, in many ways, have been for a long time, but really you know, using a, a very specific 12-step program right now to do this healing work. But I just, you know, listening back, I just don't want to give you all the impression that I've arrived somewhere in terms of my healing. I still struggle with the same issues that I talk about. It's just they don't dominate my life and I'm treating them as if they were an addiction because they are. So with that, sit back, uh, enjoy. I believe you will find this this content as compelling as both Stephanie and I do. And we are so excited to get it out to the world. And as always, we're so excited that you're listening. Uh, We love you. Can't wait to hear it. Sit back, enjoy. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Soul Focused Radio. This is your host, Martin Friedman, and I am so excited to be joined by Stephanie Ashley. Stephanie, how are you doing? I'm doing really well, Martin. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing really well for transparency for our listeners. I'm going to let them know that this is probably what would you say about our 15th take or 16th take on doing this? Somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm not going to lie. This has been very challenging. We've switched uh, podcast platforms and we've tried video and we've had lags and echoes. And 
I just want folks to know that I am so excited that you and I are talking right now without echoes and without lags and without delays. Yes, me too. And you know what they say about Mercury retrograde, right? Uh, no, please tell me. Everyone, I'm from California, so it's my obligation, it's my duty to tell you about astrology. Um, Mercury is retrograde <laughs> right now, which means you know that technology and communication are challenging, but it's also an opportunity to go back and review things and revisit things. And that well, can that be is really an amazing educational experience. Stephanie. I appreciate you giving me that is. perspective. And actually, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rate myself uh, pretty well <laughs> on my frustration level because I think it could have gotten a whole lot worse than it did. So I'm kind of happy with myself in that way. And I appreciate you because you've stayed very calm and very optimistic through all of this. And I love <laughs> how you just framed it, the opportunity to go back and do things again and get things right, which is a beautiful, beautiful way to start to have this conversation. Yes. So not only am I really excited for this conversation because we are actually finally awesome. recording it correctly, but I'm also really excited for this conversation. Um, you and I have just gotten to know each other over the last, I don't know, I'd say like five or six months. And, um, you know, I, you and I have had many amazing conversations. And so for us to be able to have a conversation and share uh, with our podcast audience is extremely exciting to me. And also what we're going to talk about is something that is very exciting to me. And also just to have folks meet you as a, as one of our up and coming facilitators uh, at, at Soul Focus Group. So, you know, you had to trust your instincts because as I remember, there were aspects of you joining in with us that felt a little bit out of, out of, um, I don't say out of control, but just out of the norm for you, that there was some, you know, in terms of, of who, we, who we are and what we represent, it felt like, you know, it was an adjustment. It was a little bit maybe out of your comfort zone. So it really feels like there was a, a self-trust element that was pretty strong for you in terms of uh, starting to work with us. Yeah, absolutely. It was not just self-trust, but um, trusting, I mean, for lack of a better word, the universe, trusting the way things were unfolding, you know, I mean, just to put it all out there. Yeah. I think what you're referring to is, you know, when I first started working with you all, I was like, I haven't really done, you know, worked with political groups that were kind of led by straight men. I, I shared with you, I was used to kind of in my LGBT world, you know, following the leadership of femmes, of trans women, um, you know, kind of, uh, centering, women and, and femmes experiences. And so it was different for me to be, to join this group and, you know, really be sort of being mm. mentored by straight cis men. And I also very much saw it as the universe being like, this is the work you're supposed to be doing because all of the content, all of the heart, everything that you mm. all were saying, I was yeah, like, that's, it's true. hundred percent patriarchal racist society have, have at times, yeah. you know, um, not <laughs> synced up well with me. And so as you and I started to talk and you started to share identities and experiences, and as you told me, this is the first time you had really been in the type of relationship with a white man that you and I were entering into, I was nervous a little bit too. You know, I want to just, I want to own that as well because I was very, I'm, I'm very, um, well, I guess the word that's coming to my mind is, is I have fear you know, I'm scared of doing something that will, you know, be triggering for you. And so, you know, I want you to know and I want our 
our listeners to know that that was something that that was on my mind a lot when you and I first entered into a relationship with each mm-hmm. other. Yeah, well, and I think it's worth saying that um, part of why I think it really worked for you and I to do this deep, very personal one-on-one work together is because you sort of you know, asked me to commit to this agreement with you at the beginning, which was you said, you know, if anything ever comes up in our conversations, if either of us ever does something, says something that feels off, right, that you ask that we just commit to naming it kind of in real time um, and to not like sitting on it, letting it fester, building a resentment and I really had to think about that for a minute because to be honest, um, there is a part of me that has gone the opposite route in the past. That's been like, that bothered me. I'm not going to say anything. You know, do I, am I going to be okay if, you know, if I say something and it comes out wrong and Stephanie gets upset with me, am I going to be all right? Do I trust that I'm going to be okay? And that hasn't always been the case. So that's why I say there's also a level of self-trust that we trust ourselves. We're going to be all right as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Choosing which voice, which internal voice to listen to, right? And which internal voice to trust. I'm a Gemini, so there's more than one voice happening at any given moment. But, you know, I think a lot of times those of us that have experienced trauma, we have little voices that come up that says, you know, trust no men or whatever. (laughs) And we can listen to that for our whole life if we want to it will prevent us from having certain kinds of meaningful experiences, right? So I have multiple voices, but I have voices that are like the giant, a giant's voice. You know what I mean? Like I have like, <laughs> I have insane voice, a voice or voices in my head that, you know, I get so, I can get so up in my head and overanalyze every given situation. So the fact that you and I have found a natural rhythm to be in relationship with where you know, most of the time I've been in a, more of a mentorship relationship and I've learned tremendous amounts from you and I'm always work to be outside of just those, the white cultural norm of mentee and mentor. And I've also, you know, shared a lot of information with you around so focus group and the history that you didn't have. So for us yeah. to be able to, to be in that relationship and have those yeah. dynamics yeah. and not fall into those negative trigger trauma loops has been a, a wonderful experience for me. You, you talked earlier about a return to human solidarity. We talk about it most often in the context of race, but it's, it's across all of the dividers, yeah, definitely. The, you know, the well. identity dividers, you know, so that, that's, I think, you know, modeling how white folks have human solidarity work to do with each other is very powerful. Yeah. Well, and they're all right. interconnected, obviously, but you know, for me, like, I mean, now I'll out myself in another way, you know, the trauma that I was bringing, a lot of it had to do with experiences that I had when I was a sex worker. I was a stripper and and did other kinds of sex work for about a decade. And I ended up through, you know, partly through experiences I had there, I ended up just kind of defaulting to relating to men, straight cis men, as though they were customers, tricks. You know, and that is a very reductive way to look at a human being that does not reflect or give much space for a person's full humanity to exist Mm -hmm. when you are just Mm -hmm. like immediately sort of presuming that upon somebody. Right. And I realized for myself as a white woman, 
I had to heal that in order to be able to do like real Mm -hmm. anti-racism work. Because like, if I'm like already, Mm. you know, sort of reducing the humanity of about 50% of the population on the planet, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to meaningfully do good, you know, anti-racism work. And so they are really connected to me. And, you know, you and I have shared, uh, well, I, I do some 12 step work and, um, I, I did a fourth step on men (laughs) where I actually looked at all of my resentments, right. Against men who are obviously not a monolithic group. And then I looked at my part in that. And I looked at how I was contributing to these dynamics, which is not to say in any way, shape or form that I was to blame or I was at fault for the harm that was done to me. But it is to say that there were ways in which I was continuing to show up and perpetuate a dynamic. And that relates to my work, you know, around my whiteness. And so I had to look at Mm -hmm. this piece around victimhood, right? And I had to really look closely at that and see what was behind it and kind of take it apart and, and, and then, you know, rebuild my understanding of my, my trauma from a different place. Mm, Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's everything you're saying is incredibly powerful. Right. And I think that it's makes perfect sense. You know, why Dustin asked you to join up with us because it's, it's in a hundred percent alignment with what we talk about at soul focus group. And I'm really reflecting you know, we, we talked a little earlier about the sort of mentor-mentee relationship. And, you know, in many ways, you know, and I'm saying this very seriously and legitimately, you know, I'm really learning from you right now because I'm clear for myself that, you know, even given that I'm a straight, white, you know, cisgendered man, you know, middle class, you know, I guess the only identity that people would connect with oppression at all would be, you know, being Jewish, you know, Ashkenazi Jewish. And that's a whole other conversation, you know, but having having gone through childhood trauma, you know, I know I still default to victim identity, too. It's not the same. You know what I mean? It's not the social identities. But I know that I also, you know, am, am, and I'm significantly older than you. So the fact that you have done the level of work that you can do to not be coming from a victim identity because even to this day I still find myself coming from that place because of you know harm I felt I'm, I've also you know talked before about the fact I'm in a recovery program you and I um, you know we attend one meeting every week together so I you know I know at least one of the recovery programs that you're in overlaps with mine or we're in the same one and you know and I've talked about it I've named it before but and then I found out I'm not supposed to name it so I'm not naming it but if you want to go back and listen to previous podcasts, you're more than welcome <laughs> But because it's there. It's out there for the world. But, um, you know, and the reason why I did name it is because I, it's been so helpful for me in terms of, you know, recovery from childhood trauma. And, you know, again, I want to I want to self-reflect. And this is a conversation that you and I had early on as well, because, you know, I think you do put yourself out there, you know, with everything that you dealt with in terms of, uh, you know, being a sex worker and and. Um, you know, for me, I do want to, you know, I, I guess I want to just say to the people listening that, you know, I have had issues in terms of, you know, uh, with pornography. 
And it's, it's hard for me to say because there's an embarrassment to it. And that is the way that I have dealt with some of my victimized trauma. And I know that I have to heal. And I'm, I'm in that healing process now because to me, you know, I don't think fundamentally there's anything wrong with pornography except for the power dynamic that exists. And that, that could probably be a whole other uh, podcast for you and I, Stephanie. But I do want to say, you know, I want to I do want to put myself out there with a level of transparency that you put yourself out there, you know, as well. And, um, you know, have visited strip clubs. It was never a thing that I did with great frequency. But, you know, when you and I first started talking, I did want to say that to you, not as like this big confessional. But I felt like if you're putting yourself out there. Let me put myself out there, too, you know, so that you know, maybe to mitigate a little bit of that power dynamic, because it seems like it's on the societal pressure is on you for to own that. But there isn't very much societal pressure on me to own it in terms of, a, of my own healing journey. And I am owning it as part of my own healing journey. I have to reconcile my feelings that I've had power dynamic feelings with women in my life, um, you know, because of abuse I went through as a small child. I have to heal and reconcile those differences so I don't perpetuate uh, harm as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I'm debating whether to go further down that, um, path. Go, go wherever you feel, go, go down whatever path you feel right now. Well, you know, I mean, I shared with you when you shared that with me in one of our first conversations, I think I said to you, you know, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with going to strip clubs. Strip clubs are oftentimes fabulous places. I think strippers are some of the most, fun, hilarious, fabulous human beings around. So who wouldn't want to hang out with strippers? <laughs> but, you know, it's about right. um, how, like you said, how power is wielded in those spaces, you know? And uh, and I've, you know, experienced customers who were tremendously respectful, pleasant, wonderful people to be around. And I've experienced customers who were there to wield power, you know? And that's really that's really the difference. You know, I don't think there's anything that happens in a strip club. That's not just reflective of the world and society at large. You know, it's just mm -hmm. one Petri dish for all the things that exist in our nonprofit organizations everywhere else. You know what I mean? It's just a microcosm, but it was cool when you shared that with me because um, I was a little disarmed by it. I'll admit I was like, Oh wow. Okay. You know, I'm not used to obviously many people, you know, there are many customers in the world, right? Very few people acknowledge that. And it was interesting for us to sit in that conversation and just you to say, you know, is this going to be an issue right. kind of, and us to talk through it and be like, no, it's not, you know? Right. And yeah, just that honesty. And that's it right there, right? That the, the it's our choice. We're we're actively choosing, and it's work too. It's not just and it's and it, and it's sometimes a little awkward and a little embarrassing and a little painful. And you know, I just you know, I don't think there's anything fundamentally wrong with you know stripping. I don't think there's really, to me, there's not anything fundamentally wrong with wrong with pornography except for the power dynamics. And what I had to look at for myself was. What no longer felt comfortable to me was those power dynamics, you know, the, the age dynamics, the, you know, when I was going to a strip club, you know, and again, I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't there every week, you know, and, you know, more than once, you know, I, I went back and it was something that 
that I also felt some level of obsessive thought around, which was the other reason why I had to really step back and look at that for myself. And and my wife, Felicia, who I'm married to now, you know, when we first got together, we had very open, honest conversations about our past in all these ways. And I, I was very honest with her and have been very committed. The same thing, I think, with pornography. You know, I think there's nothing wrong with the idea of it if it's if people feel empowered and aren't being abused and if people want to be doing it. And I came to a place where I started to feel like what I was looking at was people that really didn't want to be doing it, but had to. You know, they had to financially, economically because of drug addiction and, you know, different things like that. And that's where I started to feel it wasn't okay. I mean, look, post-COVID, you know, I would go to a strip club with you and I bet you we'd have a really good time, you know, because I would see it through your eyes. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And like I would I would you know what I'm saying? I bet you that'd be fun as hell. But I used to go by myself and, and those dynamics, you know, aren't dynamics that I want in my life anymore. And and it's because I know that that was unhealed trauma that was sending me there. So I, I want to be really clear. This isn't a condemnation of anything. It's about power relationships, you know, and trauma and healing. Definitely. And I will say my my solution for a long time was like, really just being in community with other queer people and just kind of having sort of a separatist existence. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that seemed great and fine for quite a while. And actually it was in a 12 step meeting where my, Mm -hmm. I was in a 12 step meeting where, you know, there was a lot of different people and there was this one guy who was just, I just decided I did not like him. He just was so everything I just thought Mm. I did not like. And he drove me crazy. And I was always like, oh, that guy, you know? And, uh, and one time, you know, he shared about the experience of, you know, the impact that watching his dad beat his mom had on him, the impact that his dad making him and his brother box each other, the impact that, you know, what you would call toxic masculinity or whatever had on him, it broke me open. I had not sat and heard the way that these things that I so identified had harmed me my whole life mm-hmm. had harmed him. Mm-hmm. And it was really powerful and transformative for me. And I wouldn't have sat in a room with that guy over and over and over again to get to know his story in any other context, you know? So it was actually ended up being a really important part of my healing to understand, you know, how specifically straight cis white men had also been harmed by the things that they, you know, ostensibly are perpetuating. And there's this this phrase that I heard once that right. just kind of blew my mind, which was like, no one experiences violence for the first time as a perpetrator. And I really thought about that. And I was like, that's probably true. You know? Oof. Mm, I mean, that's beautiful. That's that's beautiful. I really want to end on that note and you know, just end on the note that healing is our way out of this. And that's everything that, you know, that we're about at Soul Focus Group mirrors exactly what you just said, that healing for all of us is the way out, no matter what sort of side you are. And that all of us, you know, hurt people, hurt people as, you know, I mean, I know that's a, that's a recovery way of saying what you just said. And I honor you that you hold your healing. And there's a lot of 
probably societal pressures for you to not hold your healing and to not hold your relationship and your responsibility to moving forward. Not your responsibility for what happened in the past. But what I hear you saying is you have a tremendous responsibility to moving forward. And for you to hold that, I honor that. I think it's special. I think it's unique. And I hope that you know people are, are really listening to you. Part of the reason why I asked you questions about what your healing journey has been, because I know there's people listening to this podcast that need to heal from the same things you've healed from. I know it. Yeah, so Stephanie, I just want to thank you so much and we're going to we're going to continue our conversation on the next the next podcast, but I just want to thank you so much. I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, you know, everybody that's part of the Soul Focus family, no matter what you do with us, you know, the fact that you're coming on this journey with us, and we want you to know that we love you. We thank you. We love you. We care about you. We don't have to meet you to love and care about you. Uh, the fact that you're listening, uh, the fact that you keep coming back and keep listening is why we love you so much. And we're so excited for you to grow with us, uh, for us to grow with you and for you to be a part of this journey. Uh, we ask that you check out soulfocusedgroup.com, soulfocusedgroup.com. Check out everything we do and everything that we have. Check out all of our podcasts on the Apple podcast platform and the uh, Android podcast platform as well. And check out our YouTube page, our Facebook page, our Instagram page, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. And we just we ask that you stay, uh, stay safe, stay healthy and whatever that means. Stay well with whatever that means with everything going on in this world and in your life. And most of all, we ask that you stay soul focused. If you wish to support and represent the Soul Focus Group, check out our apparel store at our website, www.soulfocusgroup.com forward slash shop.